Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, check out our website at freechapel.org. Grab your Bibles. I want you to open them up this morning to the book of Genesis. I want to go to the book of Genesis. The book of Genesis. How's everyone doing this morning? You good? Praise God. Glad to see you. It's great to be in God's house, right? Great. Let's go to the book of Genesis, chapter 11. And we're going to go to two places this morning. We'll jump right into this teaching. Genesis chapter 11. I'll begin reading verse 27 of Genesis chapter 11. It says, these are the family records of Terah. Terah fathered Abram, Nahor, and Haran. And Haran fathered Lot. Haran died in his native land, in the Ur of Chaldeans, during his father's Terah lifetime. Abram and Nahor took wives, and Abram's wife was named Sarah, and Nahor's wife was named Milcah. She was the daughter of Haran, the father of both Milcah and Iscah. Sarah was unable to conceive. She did not have a child. Verse 31, Terah took his son Abram, his grandson Lot, Haran's son, and his daughter-in-law Sarah, his son Abraham's wife, and they set out together from the Ur, from Ur of, Chaldean, of the Chaldeans to go to the land of Canaan. But when they came to Haran, they settled there. Terah lived 205 years, and he died in Haran. Notice that when they came to Haran, they set out for Canaan, but when they came to Haran, they settled there, and Terah lived 205 years and died in Haran. Chapter 12, verse 1 says, And the Lord said to Abram, watch this, Go out from your land and your relatives and your father's house in a land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse those who curse you or to, who treat you with contempt. And all the people on the earth will be blessed through you. So Abraham went as the Lord told him. Now jump one more place over to Acts chapter 1. Or they'll put it up on the screen if you want to look at the screen. And it says this. This is actually Stephen who's speaking to the Sanhedrin. He says this. He says in verse 2, he said, Brothers and fathers, he replied, listen. The God of glory appeared to our father Abraham when he was in Mesopotamia, which is the same place as Ur. Notice these words. Before, notice when he appeared to them. Before he settled in Haran and said to him, leave your country and relatives and come to the land that I will show you. Then he left the land of the Chaldeans and settled in Haran. From, from there, after his father died, God had, God had him move to this land which you are now living in. I want to talk to you from this story this morning um, in the book of Genesis concerning Terah, who was the father of Abram. I want to talk to you about not getting hung up in Haran. Not getting hung up in Haran. Notice the scripture said, some, said that they actually was set out for Canaan, 
But the Bible said they settled in Haran. Terah was Abram's father. The Bible said Ur of, Chald of the Chaldeans, where they were originally from, their native land, was a place that was full of idol worship and idolatry. It was a great city. It was considered to be a wealthy city. It was a city that right in the middle of it, there was a huge uh, temple where they worshipped idols, particularly a moon god by the name of Nanar, which is a huge place that they worshipped and they idolized this, this moon god. And history tells us that Terah, was one of those main worshipers, that he was in idol worship, Abram's father. But not only was he in idol worship, but it also said that he also built um, um, idols himself. He handcrafted uh, false gods and these images that people would also worship, which resulted in, in, in a huge wealth and profit for him. It is said, if you study it, that Terah would have been really, really uh, known in this city if you would mention his name, people would know exactly who you would be talking about because of his wealth, because of his prestige, because of the position that he had, and because of all of his idol worship. So he was a well-known man. But if you notice in our text, the Bible said that for some reason, he suddenly up and went, leaving the security and the wealth of Ur, and the Bible said, and set out with his family to the land of Canaan. Did you catch it? It said, Terah took his son Abram and grandson Lot and his daughter-in-law, and, and who was Abram's wife, and they set out together from Ur of the Chaldeans to the land of Canaan. But why? If he had such a great life and he had such uh, 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 things were going so well and he was a person that had popularity and prestige and, and position and status and, and security and familiarity, why would he want to leave all of that? Why would you want to leave when everything is kind of made in the shade and everything's going good and going well? But when we read, notice this. When we read of Terah and his family leaving the Ur of, Chald of, Ch of the Chaldeans at the end of Genesis 11, I want you to look at the next chapter that we read um, um, where it says well, of God's great promises to them. Notice what it said. It said, go out from your land and your relatives and your father's house to the land I will show you. Notice what God said. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. He said, I will bless those who bless you. I will curse anyone that curse you. And he goes on and so on and so forth of this great blessing and plan that he had for them. But what I want you to notice, it looks, if you read it like that, as if that promise came after they, the scripture said that they had settled in Haran. But in reality, I read the, the reference in the book of Acts to show you that wasn't the case. Because when you read Acts chapter 7, notice what the scripture said. It said that God, the God of glory, appeared to our father Abraham when he was in Ur. Notice these words that are next. Before he settled in Haran and said to him, Leave your country and your relatives and come to the land that I will show you. In other words, that promise was given before they ever left Ur of the Chaldeans. And if you study it, it says that God appeared to Abram. In other words, God came to Abram and he said, while they were still in Ur, 
He said, if you'll leave this country, if you'll leave your relatives, if you'll get out of this place where you're currently located into a place that I have for you and I, and I purpose for your life, he said, I will bless you. I will prosper you. I will make your name great. Now, now watch this. What was very customary during that time that the children, when given these such opportunities and, and, and abilities to go out and do these things, they would always go and communicate it to their father or their parents. So imagine Abraham going, Abram at the time going to his father and, said God, and saying, Dad, I realize that this is where we were born and this is where we were raised and this is what it's been. But I want to tell you that the great God of glory has appeared to me. And he's telling me that there's a greater life to live. He's telling me that there's a promised land better than anything that we've ever known. I know you've been accustomed to your gods. I know you've been worshiping these gods. And I know that life has been pretty good. But I want to tell you that God said that if we'll follow him, if we'll follow his lead, he's got a plan that's greater. He's got promises that are bigger. He said he'll bless us. He said he'll protect us. He said he'll keep us. He'll, uh, he'll operate on our behalf. If anybody try to come against us, he'll go against them. He said, that's the God that appeared to me. Now imagine at that point, here is the son talking to his father and Tara had to make a decision. I saw it like this in my mind. He was like, no, wait a minute. He'll do what? Because it's been pretty good. But when he start hearing about this greater God of glory, I believe something on the inside of him that said, it's been good, but it hasn't been great. It's been okay, but it hasn't been like that. And something inside of him that says, I know this is what I've been used to. But if there is a God that can bless me and prosper me and raise me and protect me and bring hope and bring help and strength and do for me what none of these idols could ever do, then that's the God that I want to serve. That's the God that I want to go after. That's the promise that I want to live under. I want to ask a question this morning. I want to know, has that, is that your testimony? Up until you met Jesus Christ, did you think that the life you were living was everything? You know, we had the God of the nightclubs. We had the God of addiction and God of bondages. And if you didn't, I did. The little G-O-Ds. I had all these little gods in my life that I was worshiping that was always promising fulfillment and joy. But after the high was gone, after the hangover left, after the relationships ended, after the money ran out, I was just as empty as I was before I ever started but oh there came a day that I met the real true God and his name was Jesus Christ and when he came into my life I found joy unspeakable and full of glory he gave me what a relationship could never gave me he gave me what money could never provide he gave me a peace he gave me a hope he gave me a help he gave me a fulfillment I just want to know is there anybody in here that have found the real King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and know that he is the God that satisfies. The Bible said, Tara said, let's do this. And the scripture said that he gathered the family. He said, let's go. The Bible said he took his son and he took the family 
And they set out. Watch this, though. They set out together from the Ur of Chaldees to go to the land of Canaan. Listen to these words. But when they came to Haran, they settled. Terah lived there 205 years or lived 205 years and died in Haran. Wait a minute. That was not supposed to be the plan. They settled in Haran. And the Bible said Terah died in Haran. Haran was not the destination. Haran was not the promised land. It was not what God had promised them and told them what was available. But the Bible said they got to a certain place in Haran and they settled and he died there. In other words, they started out strong, but ended up settling. Terah settled with a start instead of remaining faithful to the finish. I want to ask you a question this morning. Have you settled since you started? Have you settled since you started serving Jesus Christ? Are you just as passionate or more you should be today than you were when you first met him? Do you still love him like you loved him when you first found him? Do you still long for him and thirst for him and desire him and pursue him like you did when you first found him? Is the Bible still something that you crave daily like it was when you first met him? You know when you first met him, we couldn't keep you out of the church. You know when you first met him, you was at every service. When you first met him, you were wanting to do everything and serve everywhere and be a part. But my question is, now that you've been serving him for a little while, now that you've been in church for a few years, now that you've got a Bible college degree, and now that things are going well, and now you didn't have transportation, and you got transportation. You didn't have a home, but now you got a home. You didn't have a job, but now you get a job. And the question is, are you still hungry for him today like you were when you first started? Have you settled since you started? And the Bible then says that, notice where they settled, in Haran. Geographically, it was 1,000 miles between, between Ur to the land of Canaan. A thousand mile stretch from where they were to the promise. Haran was little over halfway to the destination. Haran was exactly 600 miles from Ur. And that's where they settled. Wait a minute. They, they, Terah traveled 600 miles. Only 400 more miles to go. But when he got to Haran, he got hung up. A little over halfway. Halfway there, and he threw in the towel. Halfway there, and he quit. Halfway there, he just threw up his hands and said, Oh, I think this is okay. I told the last service, I want to say this. Half and half may be good for coffee, but it's horrible for Christians. Because God, oh, come on, somebody. Because God has not called us to be half and half. Half worship, half praise, half commitment, half faithfulness, half loyalty. One half of my life in the church, the other half out in the world. Half and half, back, vacillating back and forth, serving him today. Don't know tomorrow. In church today, won't see you for three weeks. Come on. God did not call us to be half and half. 
have Christians. The Bible said that we ought to serve the Lord thy God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind. He didn't give you a halfway sacrifice on the cross. He didn't halfway shed his blood. He didn't halfway come out of the tomb. He didn't halfway ascend into heaven. He came all the way, all the way from heaven, went all the way to hell and back up to heaven so you and I can go all the way. Come on, somebody. You went all the way with the devil. You went all the way into the club. You went all the way into the drugs and alcohol. Don't you start serving God and settle. Where's your passion? Where's your hunger? Where's your thirst? Do I have anybody that say, I'm going all the way with Jesus? We got to go all the way. He wants all of us. Understand. They both started. Tara and, and Abram. They started out at the same place. With the same promise. But had two different outcomes. Watch this. One stopped. Settled. And died. The other kept seeking. Pursuing. And stepped into the promise. Notice, the father stopped, settled, and died. And the son kept seeking, pursuing, and entered into the promise. I want to say to some dads in here, dads don't settle. Dads don't stop inheriting. Don't get halfway and quit. Don't get halfway and give up. Don't get don't get 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 so far in your walk that you become so confident in your in yourself and what you think you can do and achieve. Come on, do it for God, but why don't you do it for your family? Come on, we're living in a day of time that we got so many, I'm not trying to be ugly, but too many halfway dads, halfway being the husband they need to be, halfway being the father. We're better than that. God has called us to be better than that, and we can be better than that. We don't have to settle in heron. We don't have to be hung up in stuff when God has called us to greater. You have a promise over your life. You have a plan over your life. You have a destiny over your life. You have a Canaan. The moment you stop seeking is the moment you start settling. Hebrews said that he that comes to me Without faith, it is impossible to please, the God, please God. He that comes to me must believe that I am and that I am a rewarder of those that diligently seek me, diligently come after me, thirst and hunger after righteousness, and I keep filling them. The scripture tells us in, in the gospels to ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be opened. The original translation says it like this. Keep asking. Keep seeking. Keep knocking. It's perpetual. It's continual. I don't come to the altar one time and ask, seek, and knock, and quit. No, that's the beginning of it. As a Christian, as a follower, that's why we are a follower of Christ. We're just talking about chasing him and pursuing him. It's a continual desire to know him more and more. When you stop asking, you'll stop receiving. When you stop seeking, you'll stop finding. When you stop knocking, the doors won't be open. But I come to declare this morning, you do not have to settle if you will keep seeking and coming after him with all of your heart. Have you settled in Heron? Have you settled in areas of your life? Have you settled for the average when God has called you to exception? 
exceptional? Have you settled for good when God has called you to great? Have you settled for less when God has called you to more? Have you settled for a few when God says, I have many for you? Have you settled for just enough when God says, I'm the God of more than enough? Are you just settling? Have you settled? Let me say this. Settling for what you've just seen in life. What do you mean by that? Oftentimes, we have just enough faith to see God only do or believe God to do something we've, only, we've already seen him do in the past or do for someone else. But our God is bigger than that. Our God is greater than that. I wonder if God doesn't get bored sometime with the church because we won't get bold enough and, 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 and full of faith to dare to ask him to do something that he's never done before. We only have faith for what has been seen. But Isaiah 43 tells me to remember not the former things, neither the things of the old. He said, behold, I'll do a new thing. You know, he was telling the children of Israel, quit looking at me through the eyes of the past, repeating myself, but dare to believe me to do something in your future that you never saw me do in your past I don't believe all the businesses has been started I don't mean I don't believe all the churches have been built I don't believe all the songs have been written I don't believe all the ministries have been established come on I don't believe all that man come on somebody I don't believe that God has done blessing that God has done opening up doors I believe that God is waiting on somebody who refused to settle and say do it Lord I believe you can do it if I never seen it I believe you can shake this city like never before if it's never been done I believe we can make a difference we can't settle I thought about this when I first came to California I um, went to a restaurant and um, typically sweet tea is a huge thing in the south um, but I uh, had a rude awakening when I came here. <laughs> and, um, you know, I went to the restaurant and I asked, I said, so what did you like? I said, I would like sweet tea. And they said, oh, sweet tea. And I said, I'm sorry, sir. We have iced tea, raspberry tea. I said, that's fine. You know, I want sweet tea. You know, it's got to be dark, thick. And you got, yeah, thick. I'm talking about thick and black. I mean, borderline coffee complexion. You know what I'm saying? That's real sweet tea. But the guy said, I'm sorry, but he said, I can bring you some sweeteners. And I said, uh, I, I, I've never done this. I can try. So he brings me out a spoon in this little shuttle thing. And inside the, the, the thing, it had Splenda, it had Equal, and it had Sweet and Low. And I said, well, well, do you have some sugar? And he said, no, I'm sorry. All we have are these artificial sweeteners, these substitutes. You know, I was thinking about that because that's what the enemy will always do to us. He will offer us substitutes to get us to settle. In other words, he'll give you sugar, tell you that he'll give you Splenda, <laughs> tell you that it's equal <laughs> when it's really sweet and low you'll catch that in a minute you'll catch that in a minute 
He's always telling you it's the same thing. It's the same thing. It's just a little lighter version. It just comes in a little different package. But deep down, it's the same thing. The devil is a liar. We don't have to settle for substitutes when we can have the real thing. We can have real miracles, real power, real encounters, real healing, real blessing. Come on. Real moves of the spirit. Real. Come on. Is anybody... Is anybody sick of the fake stuff? Is anybody sick and tired of just what's been going on? Lord, give me the real. I've tasted and seen that the Lord is good, and that's what I want. Away with the substitutes. Give me the real thing. Understand. God didn't save you for you to settle. He saved you for you to make an impact. Don't settle for just your salvation. The Bible says in 2 Timothy 1 and 9, He who has saved us, watch this, and called us. There's, and called us. Total package. I saved you and I called you. I didn't save you. Wait till you get a degree. Wait till you finish Bible college. Wait till you go through that ordination service. Wait till you get a horn of oil poured on your head and run down to the hem of your garments. And then you, no, no, no. I saved you and I called you with a holy calling before the foundation. Matter of fact, can I tell you, your purpose was known before your spirit was saved. He said before the foundations of the world, I already had planned out how I would use you to make a difference. You don't believe me. Go read the Bible. It'll tell you. God said, I already seen you making a difference. I already seen you making an impact. I already seen you moving and shaking things for my glory. Before you ever said, I do, I had it planned out. So I want to tell you this morning, if you are blood-bought and born again, we have the privilege and we have the responsibility to invade this culture like never before with the love of Jesus Christ. Come on, let's see souls saved. Let's see lives change. Let's win Orange County. Let's win the West Coast. I believe it. I'm not going to settle. We got souls at stake. Does anybody still believe that God saves? Don't settle. 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 Singles. Don't settle. Don't settle. Don't settle. Don't settle. Single people. I know it's been a while. Don't settle. I know you're still waiting. Don't settle. The Bible said that, that, that Jacob, and there he was left alone. Jacob was lonely. He was in loneliness. But watch this. His lonely pushed him into an encounter where he wrestled with an angel, the theophonic presence of God. But before he had that encounter, he was lonely. His lonely pushed him into the loneliness, pushed him into the presence of God. And when he started wrestling with God, come on, you don't hear what I'm saying? And, he, and notice what the Bible said. Then he grabbed a hold to the Lord. He said, I I've been looking for somebody to hold me but now I'm holding 
oh God, now I'm holding you. And now that I'm holding you, I'm not going to let you go. Because if I get so occupied with holding you, I'm not going to worry about who's not holding me. And he says, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. And guess what? When he refused to let go of him, God said, okay, you hadn't settled for Jacob. Now I'm going to give you Israel. Because you said, I'm going to hold on. I want to talk to my single people in here today. Don't you settle for a substitute. Don't you settle for a counterfeit. Don't you let loneliness cause you to settle. But hold on to your God and he'll bring you his best. Don't settle. Don't settle, seniors. I saw Mr. Ellis Boyd over here last service. Precious man of God to sit here in a wheelchair. And many other seniors are in here. It's one of our members that are 95 years old that can't come. But he, 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 he's still faithful and gives every week. Been a part of this church for a long time. And every time you talk to him, he talks about his church. And they love, love their church. And they're well up there in age. But when I see them, it encourages me. Because they're still in here lifting up their hands and praising God. They know it's loud. They know it's crazy. They know. But they said, you know what? I get it. I may not like it all. But one thing I do like is the presence of God. And I understand. I may be up there in age but God is still worth when I saw that man over there and he actually stood up in his wheelchair I saw it last service and he lifted up and prayed and he's fought like crazy for his life only if you knew but he said Javon I'm not going to settle that's what he said over there I refuse to settle till I'm back lifting my hands like I know do I have any seniors in here that says I may be old I may be up there in age but the word of the Lord to you is what God told Joshua there's still much land for you to conquer there's still much territory for you to take there's a mountain at 85 that's waiting on you. Where's my young adults? Any in here? Do I have any students in there? They all in the evening service, sleeping in. <laughs> Settling this morning. But I want to say to them, they don't have to settle either because of their age. They don't have to wait till I'm this, that, and the other. You study the history of revivals. It always started with a young group. It started with teenagers, hungry and thirsty teenagers and, and young adults that said, we won't settle. I know everybody's looking down and saying this culture, this generation is going to hell, but I refuse to believe that. I believe there's a generation of young people that will sell out for God, that won't compromise. Come on, that's not going to give in to sex and promiscuity and all this mess, but a teenage generation and young adults that says I'll stand I'll stand if they make fun of me I'll stand if they talk about me for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ it is the power of God I will not settle come on give it up for our gener young generation I want to say this, and we ought to be their biggest cheerleaders. We ought to be cheerleading them all. We ought to be encouraging them. We ought to be standing beside them and telling them that they can. Don't discourage them. Encourage them. Just because they don't look like how you had service before. Where am I at? I have no idea. Let me give you these. Three reasons 
But I believe, according to the text, Terra settled. Are you ready? Number one, Heron was supposed to be, I'm sorry, I didn't give you the point. Familiarity with his former place. What do you mean? Heron, the scripture said, it was on the journey. It was on the pathway to, to the promise. In other words, Heron was supposed to be a pit stop, but it became a pitfall. Heron, what do you mean familiarity? Was nothing more than a smaller version of, her, of Ur. Not as much wealth, not as, not as many buildings, not as many idols, but they had a temple, a smaller one that was exactly the same as the one in Ur. And could it be when Terah got there and he saw this, he said, oh, oh, this is just like back home. We did this back there. We worshiped like that back there. You know what? Maybe it's not too bad. I mean, man, I'm kind of tired. We have went 600 miles, you know, and it kind of brought the memory back of how things used to be. Boy, I remember. Had all that money. Had all that stuff. People were, were calling my name, and people were always after me. I was popular. I don't know, man. And I don't know who's going to be over here in this promised land. I know God, that God said it's going to be great, but right now I just see the nothing. Familiarity caused him to settle. He became complacent and he became comfortable. And where he was only supposed to be a visitor, he became a settler. Because he was familiar with it. Let me tell you something. Following God, if you want familiarity, you want comfort, you want all planned out, forget it. It even says concerning Abraham, and he went not knowing. God just said, go. Where, God? Go. <laughs> not knowing. God doesn't always, is not going to always give you details. So you know what? It's going to require, if you're going to go for everything that he has, it's going to require a faith for you to walk by faith and not by sight. You're not going to know all the details. You're not going to know the details. You have to trust his heart. And know that he has nothing but his best for you. Because let me tell you, I'll never forget, Pastor Franklin said, faith is spelled like this, R-I-S-K. Risk. Risk. If you're going to step into everything, it, you, you don't have to take risks sometimes. Step out in faith. But because of familiarity, he settled. Matter of fact, the name Terra means wanderer. Not only geographically wandering, but wanderer. Every time you settle, and if you settle in life, you're always going to be in the place of wondering. I wonder what I could have done. I wonder what difference I could have made. I wonder what would have happened if I would have believed more. I wonder if I would have stepped out in faith. I wonder if I would have moved with God. I wonder. You don't have to sail, settle for a wonder when God has already given you a promise. Number two. Not only was it the, fu the familiarity, but here, here's the next one. Is this, the former pains of his past. 
What do you mean? The word Haran, H-A-R-N, the city that they settled in. Did you remember in our text? That was also the name of his son. And the scripture said that Haran died. His son died back in Ur during the life of his father. Could it be that when he stepped out and he started going, the pain of his past began to haunt him? And I'm telling you, the devil will make sure he brings it up. The moment you decide to go, he'll come up. Well, you know this happened. You know that happened. And he'll try to paralyze you with your past and keep you from stepping into your future. But you can't be past possessed. You have to be future focused. You profit from your past, but you invest in your future. What's ahead of you is greater than what's behind you. That's why Paul said, I got to forget those things which are behind. I got to let those things, uh, let them go. And I got to press, I got to press toward the mark for the prize. There's a high calling that's waiting on me. It was painful though. It hurt me. And you can go through life and life will hand you some painful experiences to the point. And I thought about this and I mentioned it in the last service. Is that you can go through situations that will cause your faith to settle instead of soaring. The Bible said we ought to go from glory to glory, faith to faith. Faith could, should continue to soar, not settle. But past pains can cause your faith, faith to settle. What do you mean? That time you believed God for something that didn't happen. That time you stepped out in faith and the opposite happened of what you thought. That expectation that you had, but it was upset because it didn't turn out like you thought it should. Maybe you prayed and maybe you fasted and you sought God. You declared his word. You faithful. You sowed. You did everything that you knew to do. But it didn't turn out that way. I mean, we hear Pastor Ben shares with us his story about his best friend. I was thinking about my little nephew and same situation. We're in the hospital praying, fasting, believing, declaring the word of God. And nothing changed. And I got upset. I got, honestly, I got mad at God. Because I said, how am I praying for people over here that I don't even know? And they're telling me that you're moving. But this is my own flesh and blood. And he didn't make it. I know what it's like to be settled in my faith when it comes to believe in God. For healing. It, I didn't pray for healing in a minute. And, and I know, oh, you're not supposed to confess that. No, I'm being real. That's what's wrong. We don't want to be real and tell the truth. It was a while before I wanted to pray for anybody for healing. And I was upset and I was hurt and I was angry. It was a while. I didn't want to pray. I avoided it at all costs. Pray for anything else but that. My faith had settled in the area of healing. Because of an upset expectation. But I want to tell you this as they come to the music. I thought about this story in Genesis. 
The Bible said that, that Cain killed his brother Abel. Could you imagine what it was like to be that mother who not just lost one son, but in reality she lost both sons. One died and the other one was alienated. But the Bible said that Adam knew his wife again. But I thought about that. I know you read it, it looks like it's kind of quick, but was it really that quick? Was it a moment where Adam, you know, went in and said, babe, let, let's, let's, and she's like, mm, I, I can't, I, mm, I, I can't afford to try this again, Adam. And you know what happened last time we had children? I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. You know, last time we started that business and it didn't turn out the way we, we thought it would. I don't know. You know, the last time that we stepped out in faith and we was going after that dream and, 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 and things collapsed and it seems like the rug was snatched off. I don't know. But somewhere along the line, I believe Eve got to a place where she said, it hurts, it's painful, but I'm willing to try this again. See, she had to make the choice. The moment she said yes, God was waiting. God was waiting on her yes. I feel this for someone right now. The Bible declares, God told Job, he said, you're going to go through something. And it's going to hurt you greatly. He said, but whatever you do, don't you charge God foolishly. Somebody in here has charged God foolishly. It didn't turn out like you thought it would. It didn't happen like you thought it would. And you've been holding it inside and you've been hurting inside. And deep down, if you'll be honest with yourself, you've charged God foolishly. I can't believe God would have did this. I can't believe God. But I believe God brought you to this service right now, in this moment. That you can be healed this morning from that hurt. You can be healed this morning from that pain. He is more for you than you think He is. He's, I, I'm just telling you, somebody needs to hear. That God is a loving, He makes no mistakes. He wastes no pain. He loves you. He's for you. The Bible said the ways of the Lord are past finding out. We don't understand everything, but one thing we have to have settled, that my God loves us and He's for us. And somebody needs to hear this morning that He's still there for you. He still wants to bless you. Because the Bible said when Eve knew Adam, when Adam knew Eve, God appointed her another seed and said, I got another blessing for you. I got something greater for you. I know the last one hurt, but I was in control the whole time. 
It didn't look like it. It didn't make sense. But I have another seed appointed. I'm speaking to somebody this morning that God wants to resurrect your faith and heal your heart and tell you, I have another promise. I have another blessing. There is another door that I'll open. There is another breakthrough. There is another blessing, an appointed seed for you. But like Eve, (laughs) you got to be the initiator. All God was waiting on you to say, yes, I'll trust you again. I'll believe you again. And you still may hurt a little, but that's okay. I feel a little shift, and I'm, I'm sorry, but stand to your feet. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you were blessed.